Well, I mean, you say that very sweetly, but <laughs> I, mean, um, I don't think... I think what happened was it's, it's sort of grown. Nicky Gumbel has developed the Alpha, so everybody's heard about that. And John Wimber used to come and visit us, which was, and everybody heard about him, too. And um, in London, I mean, we've got 11 million people in London, mm. so um, it's quite small. But Nicky's built it up now. He's got between four and 5,000 people every Sunday, which is quite large by Anglican standards, but not by the rest of the world. And you mentioned John Wimber, one of the heroes of the faith in my book. Yes. Uh, what was the man like when he, when he used to come and visit? Well, he was the real thing. That's what we loved. There was n- no hint of hypocrisy. He was slightly overweight, not that I can talk. He was <laughs> a laid-back Californian. And what you saw was what you got. Mm. And in a world where people are very suspicious of hypocrisy and lack of genuineness and sincerity, he was, um, he, 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 he was totally honest, sincere, and open. When things went wrong, he recognized it. When they went right, he recognized it. And Jesus was at the center of his life. Mm. And Jesus was at the center of his preaching and teaching. And he taught us about what the Holy Spirit uh, and his influence in a church might look like and how love binds together these Christian communities and gave us a vision of what it might be like. And some that know John Wimber's story, he used to be uh, connected to the Righteous Brothers, yes. uh, well-known uh, rock, you know, a pop band in the in the US, and yes. he had a dramatic conversion to Christ, and uh, he, he was very uh, influential uh, in music as well. Uh, the, a lot of the a lot of the vineyard musicians have really influenced Christian music for many years, and uh, I know that uh, you, you've had uh, guys like Tim Hughes at your church, yes, uh, who's a well-known worship singer songwriter. Is there many other? Uh, musicians that we may have heard of that are connected to HTB? I'm not sure whether you would have heard of them over here, so I hesitate to, okay, yeah, to yeah. mention names because they might be wrong. But I think John Wimber's influence, if I can just go back yes, for a yes. second, was in enabling us to have a, a, a means of expressing our love to God. Yes. Um, we're, we're well versed on God's love for us. Mm. And Particularly in our section of the church, you know, we could sing hymns and things, but they were largely teaching hymns, and they they were designed for an age when much of the population couldn't read and couldn't write, and they learnt their theology through the hymns. What John taught us was the difference between a great big teaching hymn like on Jordan's bank, the Baptist cry, the difference <laughs> between that and Lord, we love you. Yeah, and he opened for us that whole section of scripture through the Song of Songs through the um, influence of the relationship between Christ and his church and the individual, and that love is the best way. Um, he modeled that. He taught us a generosity of spirit that, that wasn't general, really. He taught us to value every other denomination, to speak well of them, to pray for them, to encourage them, because we're on the same side. Mm. And that unanimity of spirit now that pervades all over the UK and actually all over the world now, with the Catholics coming together with every other aspect. The Pentecostal stream, the, the Catholic stream, and the Protestant stream is now flowing together to form a river that is bringing the news of Jesus all over the world. And that's hugely exciting. And, and I would want to say, if you'll allow me, you know, I think the church, certainly in England, I suspect elsewhere too, but the church in England, not just the church of England, owes more to John Wimber than to anybody since John Wesley. That is a big call, but I, I would I mean I would agree with it from my life personally. You know, I was a part of a vineyard church for many years and yes. uh, I was taught from 
uh, y- younger years as a youth pastor, you know, that, you know, we all get to do the stuff. We all, everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to use the gifts that God's given us to reach out. And, you know, and it's not just all about the bishop uh, or the pastor or the minister doing the work, but the whole body is meant to be activated. Uh, And that's something that has swept throughout the world, hasn't it? Yes, absolutely. And Mm. it's there in Scripture. Mm. What then, you know, Paul says when you come together, each one of you has something to contribute and to give rather than constantly uh, complaining that you're not receiving enough. Mm. So that was his encouragement as well, and it's been very influential and we're thrilled. Now let's talk about how the Alpha Course began. Now the Alpha Course, of course, has the the normal Alpha Course that that reaches out to the lost and, and sees people come to Christ. Now there's the marriage course, the parenting course, Alpha for prisons. There's so many different others. Uh, the youth Alpha. There's so many wonderful versions that are available. Uh, how did it all begin? Tell us the story. Well, uh, the, in all honesty, the, the Alpha Course started as a course for young Christians, but then and um, when Nicky Gumble took it over which he did when, shortly after he was ordained, and he joined our staff, and he and I worked together for something over 20, 25 years now, it became obvious that in the world generally, um, ordinary, normal, sensible, together people have longings. And in their thoughtful moments, they, they wonder about the f- purpose of life and the future and whether there's more to life than this, really. And uh, so the Alpha was designed to, um, to instruct Christians, but also to provide a way in for those who wanted to find out. So the first session is who, simply who is Jesus. We look at Jesus, uh, about his claim to be God and the fact that he was a real man. He wasn't a, just a spiritual being in the clouds like many people today are tempted to think. Uh, but then, of course, at the end of that talk, when we, we mentioned that Jesus was God, then that raises the question of well, why did God have to die? So the second session is why did he die? And each session is designed to answer the questions raised by the one before and to give a way in for those, as we would say, who would not call themselves Christian and who don't go to church, uh, an opportunity in an atmosphere where they're not made to look stupid or to feel guilty, just to ask questions. And, you know, they don't, they're not signing up to anything. They just want to know. And I think that was a great thing because when I started in the church life, you know, I found it very difficult to discover what it would be that you'd have to believe if you were going to join. Because the keen Christians would say, well, come and join us. You know, we meet at 11. Well, you know, yeah, that's right. But what do you do? Well, well just come. You know. So this course is designed as that way in. And they begin to experience life in a flourishing, active, generous, loving Christian community. And, and uh, they like it. And they find um, fellowship and friendship and love and all the things that they hunger for in an unthreatening and um, inspiring, really, uh, setting. And one of the reasons that you're visiting Australia is to promote the Easter Alpha Initiative, where there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of churches all over Australia putting on an Alpha course just after Easter. And we're hoping that many will come. Uh, they'll be able to type in their postcode, they can find the nearest Alpha, and they can go along and, you know, just experience this uh, amazing opportunity uh, to, to come to, you know, to, to find out about God. And, you know, I just think we could really see 
a revival in our in our nation when when this thing happens because because really that's the purpose of the course isn't it to change a nation isn't it you know <laughs> well the strap line that we have is the re-evangelization of the world absolutely and the transformation of society mm. so we don't want just a church that looks inward all the time we want a church that looks out and does all the things that actually people in the world would expect a church to do if it was the church of jesus looking after the poor the hungry the well, those who are wounded for one reason or another who life hasn't treated very well so far. And uh, I'm not here to persuade anyone or to try to persuade anybody against their better judgment, but I am just here to, to help us to catch that vision. This is a worldwide thing now. 27, 28 million people now have done Alpha that we know of all over the world. Uh, many of them have never heard of Hedrick and never heard of Nikki, but they've got hold of this material and they want to find out about Jesus. Well, that's well worthwhile. And if I can persuade one person, you know, if necessary, break all your principles, just turn up at the first evening. If you don't like it, you didn't come back. No one's going to call you or email you or visit you or ask why you don't come. They'll just say, well, that's sad, but never mind. You can come back later if you want to. So you can come to the first and then to the second, or not at all. And it's a chance just to explore, explore, really. And many people have had their lives transformed through Alpha. One that many of our listeners would have heard of is Bear Grylls. Yes. Tell us about how he got involved. <laughs> well, Bear has been a friend of our church and a friend of Nikki's for a long time, actually. And he came to faith through Alpha. And he's very keen on introducing other people to Alpha. So he offered, actually, to front the invitation. It's a first-ever global invitation. Over 66 countries now have signed up for it. And um, I'm told he has over 2 billion followers on social media. <laughs> yeah. That's quite a lot of people who are interested in what he thinks. Yeah. So he said, Can I, may I be involved? And I'd just like to invite them to do Alpha wherever they are. Hawaii, Fiji, England, Australia, South America, all over the world, Africa. Why didn't you have a go and try it? And I'm really looking forward to it. You may have seen his last interview with Barack Obama when he ended it by asking the President of the United States, can I pray for you? Yeah, I saw that. That went viral on the Internet. That's incredible. Absolutely. (laughs) And um, Barack, of course, said yes, because he has the same issues. He's very powerful and influential, but he he has all the issues that we all have. Mm -hmm. And... um, this was an opportunity to explore. Years ago, I interviewed Jonathan Aitken yes. before. Can you tell us his story? <laughs> Jonathan is a friend, and mm-hmm. uh, um, he'd become a friend now. He, he um, well, he just lost his way. He, he succeeded very well. He became very influential in Lady Thatcher's uh, government. He was a minister for him. him. And um, uh, there was some issue, and he sued somebody, I think, for libel, and then he got into a muddle and he, he got involved with perjury. He was tried for perjury and sent to prison. And his experiences uh, as coming from, rather like Chuck Colson in some ways, from that position in, into prison um, is absolutely fascinating. And he found faith through it because he realized then that there was more to life than what he had been uh, involved in. And the hollowness of so much of the ambitions that we have, when we reach them, we discover that they don't fulfill any more than um, anything else. So he gave his life to the Lord and became a Christian, and he's very active now in going around in prisons and places. I was with him the other day in a prison, extraordinarily powerful anointing upon him because he just says to them, I'm not like all of you, but I've been in prison and I know what it's like, and you and I need Jesus. Mm, Wonderful story. 
Now, before we go, I'd like to ask you the most important question. Uh, you know, for those that are listening that don't know the gospel, that don't know how to come to Christ, would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond to it? Well, the gospel basically is that whether we understand it or not, and instinctively we usually get this feeling, is that we need God because we're lost, basically. We don't have to agree with that, but we, but we often sense it in our bones. And uh, the gospel is that it doesn't have to be like that because uh, you know, I was in... I was uh, visiting. Uh, I was on the board of visitors of a women's prison in North London, and um, when I went into the cells one day, this one of these ladies sh- asked me to read her birthday card, and it was only one card on the board. And what it, what was written on it was, "We wish things could have worked out differently, but all my love, Dad," was from her father. And I said to her, "You know, God could have written that." Because he really wishes things could have worked out differently for you and for me and for the world and, and, and the state of the world that it's in. But he had the power to change it and he sent Jesus, as you know, to come and rescue us. And, and I think young people today need to know that the happiness they're looking for, the fulfillment they're looking for, the opportunities they're looking for has a name and a face. And that name is Jesus Christ. Mm. And the way we get involved in that is simply taking a, a, a step of faith. It's not an unreasonable step because there's so much uh, evidence for the reality of Jesus. And just say, Lord, if you're real, if you're there, will you come into my heart? And then get involved with the Christian community and begin to grow. Mm, such good news. And I just think uh, you're, I, I can tell in, in the studio here, I can see the love of Jesus shining out of you as you're sharing that today. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to encourage anyone listening right now, if you want to respond to that and you want to, uh, you know, follow this up and maybe give your heart to the Lord, find an Alpha course. Uh, you can go to the website, alpha.org.au. You can search for Alpha on any of the social media uh, links on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They're all on there. And maybe you can go and do an Alpha course and find out more about this glorious gospel that Bishop Sandy Miller has been sharing with us today. Well, Bishop Sandy, I think you're a history maker. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.